Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. We're going to pick up last week's conversation right where we left off. So if you did not get a chance to listen to last week's episode with Tyler and Kelsey, so y'all have such a singable name. Y'all, like, y'all sound fun. like a, it's like a music duo. Y'all need to do some mashups on YouTube. Like, Ooh, uh, do not want us to sing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Neither of us have a singing ability. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's okay. Well, uh, hey, we're going to just pick up the conversation where we left off. And where we left off was really uh, picking up with life here. You know, we talked about what it's going to be and how you met, you shared some of your story, but you know, you guys, I think have exemplified that, uh, in the waiting, as you talked about having to wait, like you, your, your desire was to already be overseas a few years ago. Uh, and God had his timing has seemed fit for it to be delayed for various reasons. Um, but that didn't mean that you guys just stayed home and waited and waited and waited and waited, but you were doing what you will be doing there here. Uh, so I want to talk about that um, because I think um, as a pastor uh, of, at a church and also reflecting on my own life, uh, you know, this is an area where we all have room to trust Jesus more and be obedient more. And uh, that is sharing the gospel and leveraging the relationships that God uh, has put uh, in front of us for this purpose. So um, let's just start there. As you guys have um, been here in the States and you've been in this community and then also, you know, before in North Carolina, um, what has personal evangelism looked like for you guys? Well, um, so depending on, you know, where we're at and what phase of life. Um, so like in North Carolina, we came back and, um, we're a part of a plant, um, something that we did there, like a church plant for, for, uh, (laughs) we were part of a plant. What kind of plant? What were you making? (laughs) So, yeah. So it was like starting from a very small group. And I mean, one of the only ways that it could grow was by finding new people, new believers to add on to it. So it was very much, uh, not new believers, new, um, new people mm-hmm. to, uh, to grow the church. Mm-hmm. Cause the idea as with our church too, it's not about finding other believers to bring them over to our church and grow our church. But we would like in that season, we would actually go out to the university campus and in twos and like share the gospel, try to start a conversation and, um, you know, bridge it to the gospel and have, have those gospel conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously wherever we're working at the time, um, trying to just be intentional about, um, you know, conducting ourselves in a manner that reflects Christ and then, but not stopping there because nobody's very few people ever come to the gospel without somebody telling them about it. Right. So it can't just be us being Christ-like. It has to be followed with like an explanation of Mm -hmm. why it is. And so trying to, trying to share the gospel, um, in our workplaces. And we've both been in secular jobs for the most part. Yeah. I mean, solely, I guess, because I think a, a, a big misconception is if you were, if you're going into M work, then you had to have been a pastor or a teacher or at least work at a, at a church or something. But I, I mean, at the time in North Carolina, we came back, you got a job working HR with Waffle House and I was working at a gym as a personal trainer. 
So we were in secular jobs, very, very secular in mm-hmm. some environments. Yeah, yeah. Environments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I got, I got it to talk one-on-one with people all the time, which was amazing. It's like my forte got, um, you're stuck with me for 30 minutes. I'm helping you work out. I'm helping you train. But at the same time, I'm talking to you about life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, people open up to audience. me, people <laughs> open up to me about marriage and kids and family strife and stuff. I was like, I feel like I need a counseling degree for some of this stuff. Mm. So just making sure I was rooted in the word. And then Tyler, he's going around to all these different Waffle House stores, you know, training with managers and, you know, just having these interactions with people. So it's just a day-to-day thing, but yeah. And then we were intentional going out with our, with our church plant to specifically evangelize. So there's, there was a difference. There was like kind of that lifestyle evangelism and that very intentional, we are going out for the purpose of trying to meet people and share. And we would use methods like the three circles and different things like that, that I think our church is more familiar with, but, uh, yeah. And then like now, um, yeah, moving, moving down to Florida, also, we've had secular jobs and, you know, I was working in the car business. So, as you know, there's there's a lot of people uh, that need the gospel. You, lo- you love that season, too, didn't you? I was very glad when it was coming to a close. I'll just say that. Um, but, yeah, so then, like, in our neighborhood, um, we have tried to be intentional. And just It started with just, like, let's meet people. Like, it's it can be really hard, I feel like, to to find community outside of the church if you're a believer and if you're not a believer so many people like it's like nobody wants to meet anybody anymore is what it feels like to Mm -hmm. me so we were sitting on their porches drinking sweet tea waiting for the neighbor to pass by maybe in some places but not 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 everybody's just so busy and Mm -hmm. consumed with what they're doing but so we wanted to be intentional and first it just started by like meeting our neighbors and so we started meeting different people bring cookies you, yeah. can, you can't go wrong when you bring a sweet treat to a neighbor. You can't get the door shut in your face. They'll at least give you five minutes, you yeah. know, sometimes more. But it <laughs> yeah. started with, yeah, yeah. meeting, so, meeting yeah. through bringing. Hey, we brought some cookies over. And by doing that, just kind of seeing who's open to a relationship. Right. So we met some neighbors not too long ago that just moved in. And we didn't really specifically talk about it. But it seemed like they weren't necessarily wanting a relationship per se, Mm -hmm. but we've met other neighbors that are like, very, yes, so open and warm. And like, I am hungry for a relationship. You can just tell yeah, in the interactions. Mm -hmm. And so through interactions and having people over, um, we came to realize that, you know, some of these aren't believers. Some of them are that are just completely not Not connected connected with the church. So we're like, okay, this is an opportunity. And Kelsey was really praying about it. And we both you know, realize this need. And so we started a Bible study in our house and have just invited the different neighbors and had people come in. And so people are starting from different places. You know, some are believers and some aren't, but just everybody, all of us just trying to grow together. Mm -hmm. That's good. So you're saying that you started a Bible study, not in a classroom, (laughs) but at your own house. We did. (laughs) We did. And there's no excuse for not doing it because if of, of probably all the homes in this church represented, (laughs) ours is probably the smallest. And we would put the baby down at seven. You know, we did, we were strategic. It's a little easier. Most of our neighbors and people were inviting. They're either, they don't have kids or they have older kids so they can come after. So it, it 
Yeah. It had some advantages yeah, in our was. situation. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about that specifically because you, you, as you just said, you, you are strategic in this in terms of like leveraging a season of life. So right. you're not trying to do this at five o'clock dinner time because your neighbors can't come in and right. you got a, a baby that would be, you know, right. me, yeah. me, me, which is appropriate for a baby. <laughs> uh, maybe not saying me, but, uh, you know, but, but still crying or needing you. Yeah. Um, and I think that we have to examine our own seasons of life and rhythms of life who's around us. But then you guys just simply started with inviting people. Um, so I want you to talk about who came, because I think this is important for people to understand that you had people from all different kinds of walks of life, different mm -hmm. backgrounds. How did that go? How are the conversations and what was, what were the interactions with those neighbors like after they came and found out that you are Jesus people, you know, I mean, they found that out before because you invited them to a Bible study. You weren't secretive, like come right. to book club. Right. By no. the way, our book is the Bible. <laughs> we'll be on it forever. <laughs> yeah. And I, and so most of the, most of the people that come do have some church background. There are a handful um, that aren't churched at all. And we had relationships with, I would say that their first interaction with us wasn't just coming to study. So we had a relationship with these people. Um, one woman in particular, I would go on walks with her and we would have these chats and kind of, I would try to bridge to spiritual things as much as I could. So it wasn't like, Hey, we're meeting you also Bible study, which isn't, it's not bad. And we, we actually would do that and probably have done that, but we did have some relationships. So they weren't surprised by the fact that we were believers. It was like, I'm coming. I'm not super comfortable with this context, but I trust you. We're friends. So I'll come and see how it mm -hmm. goes. That's kind of how, I mean, there, there's a handful of people that probably maybe when we started would never go to a church. Yeah. And now I think most of them would, which is a really amazing when I think about it, the difference just from the personal one-on-one -on -one relationships and from the openness of this is a place to ask questions. You don't have to feel dumb. You don't have to know everything. We don't know everything. We prep for this. We don't know all the answers. Mm -hmm. Like we've, we've caveated before. We're like, mm -hmm. by the way, we don't just know all this. We study, we prep, we read commentaries. There are, there are so many things we don't know. So I think, um, just having that personal discussion is so big for people because you go, you can go into a church and feel completely isolated alone. I don't know anybody and then never come back, but this is, you know, and it's, it's very interesting discussion because of the different walks of life and the mm -hmm. different uh, backgrounds of people growing up in Catholic backgrounds or growing up with no religion or growing up atheist or it's it makes for interesting discussion, but it's, it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's exciting. <laughs> Sometimes a little strange. <laughs> yeah. And also like, we have to like, like Kelsey said, caveating the fact that like, we don't know all of this just because they, they come to us and they think, Oh, like you're like these holy people. And like, you know, everything. It's like, no, no, no actually we like, don't didn't know half of the stuff that we're talking about tonight. Maybe <laughs> not exactly, studied, but, yeah, but yeah, we yeah, study, you study and prepare. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, we've also invited some, some believers to come alongside mm -hmm, trying to kind of yes. get this ready to sort of pass off. But it's, it's always interesting because people will you like, we'll sit back because we are now familiar with the context that we have there. You have the unbeliever and you have maybe a more mature believer, but the more mature believer has not been in a group context like this where mm -hmm. you, there's such varying levels. 
and they're just talking right over the heads mm-hmm. of yeah. the people and they're just like oh i'm sure everybody knows blah 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 and it's mm-hmm. like no, no no actually they have no, one no idea yeah. what you're talking about yeah so like let's rewind yeah <laughs> oh, well you know it's, but... it's interesting that you say that because i think even in church leadership you know where we find ourselves there's there's not a cultural knowledge of bible stories that there used to be in our country mm-hmm. and i you know and i think we have to even be mindful of that of of that on our sunday morning gatherings where we don't mm-hmm. say well everybody knows john three sixteen. actually there's i mean yeah if you grew up in the church you probably do right um and there may be some familiar hints of that mm-hmm. but most people now if they're unchurched don't know that what it right. says beyond what seeing the reference maybe on a sign at a football game. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, it's just Sometimes reality, you know, it's just where we are culturally. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when you guys are hitting on something, it's like, it used to just be that you could just invite someone to church and they would, you know, there was a favorable view of the church and the, and the culture. And, and that has shifted somewhere. Many people still have a favorable view of the church, but many people don't because mm-hmm. of, a number of reasons. That's a different episode of, of Voggy Talk. But what you guys are hitting on is that people knew you mm-hmm. and people trusted you because you built a relationship with them and they they were willing to open themselves up to what you had to say, mm-hmm. even if they weren't going to agree with it or, or believe it or understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you respond to someone who says, okay, that's great. Like you've developed all these relationships with people um, and you're trying to convert them to, to Christianity. Don't you just really have ulterior motives in all these relationships is your only motivation to get to know, get them to know Jesus. Well, I mean, <laughs> so it, it's, it's kind of a weird, a weird dynamic to to talk about in a sense, because it seems like, it's just out for our good. But well, for one, like we care about these people and we like making new friends and we like playing games and doing things, you know, with different people. They don't have to look just like us. It's mm-hmm. it's more fun to have the diversity of, you know, that that is out there. Um, but ultimately, like when we look at this life in, in the lens of eternity, what matters? And so me just you know, perpetually going and playing around with some guys and it just being about the sport or whatever it is. Like, if it's not getting past that, then yeah, it might be good exercise, but it, in the long run, it's it's not doing anybody any good. Mm-hmm. And so just trying to leverage this life for the next life. And so- Come on, preach it, preach it, brother. <laughs> because we know that like, none of this is gonna matter. So, I mean- none of none of the the worldly things are going to matter and so yeah it's important to us to share the gospel with these people that we you know is is here and then you know in in kazakhstan and italy like we come to love these people and we want them to know the truth so that they can have life and you know we can all be together with god Mm. and so it's it's um it is for their best interest too and our heart it's never supposed to be you know just hammering truth on them but it's because we god's given us a love for people that we want to share the truth and they have to be mm-hmm. it has got to be truth and love you can't just just love them and not ever tell them the truth because mm-hmm. that's not real love no and it's yeah. it's not going to do them any good in eternity and if you just tell them the truth and you don't love them then it's just going to turn them away mm-hmm. so yeah other thoughts no that's great 
yeah, I mean, I think it's so important that we we recognize that reality. And I think we have to, and I think this is where we, ha- we, we can err in only focusing, like if we, we should build relationships and I think we should probably spend more time investing in relationships than we do. Mm-hmm. But if we only ever invest in relationship and never get to the truth, then are we really loving? Or is it, I think a lot of times we can fall in this trap of like, it makes me feel good that I have these friends who don't know Jesus. Cause then I can say, I have friends who that's, that's sick and twisted spirituality, you know, like our, so yeah, I do want them to know Jesus. Yeah. Guilty is charged. However, my, our love for people isn't, predicated upon whether or not they believe in him or they will listen. Like, you know, we've had that conversation, you know, I've had that conversation and conversation um, with people. And I think, you know, a conversation one time talking to a neighbor in our previous neighborhood and he was just struggling and he just, you know, and he, you know, it's just like, is, do you really just care? Do you care? You just want to know Jesus is like, dude, I can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. Like I can't separate the fact that I care about you and want you to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, but I also recognize that you may reject him and that's not going to change the care that I have for you. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to be your neighbor. Um, I'm not going to all of a sudden be like, oh, he he doesn't want to talk about Jesus with me. I'm not going to help him out when his car breaks down next time. <laughs> what kind yeah. of sick, twisted life would that be? I mean, you can't you can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. They're they're intertwined. And so, I mean, how have these conversations gone? I think that's what in, in, in Bible study and then outside, um, you know, I mean, maybe just in not not sharing anybody's specific details, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are some of the questions people have about, or what are some of the things that you're finding? Hey, these are, these are the real issues going on in people's lives and they've got questions on how to deal with this stuff. Well, um, so one guy that I've been trying to share with, he's not been so receptive. Um, he has, um, been a part loosely of, um, uh, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not saying any names, so I'll just say a cult. Um, that's very common. And so the Trinity is a really big issue for him. So for me, I mean, it's just been continuing to try to share the truth. And I'll, I'll come across something, you know, reading on a, you know, in my daily time. And I'll send it to him and be like, you know, this is talking about the Trinity. Like this is talking about how Jesus is God and, you know, that sort of thing. And just kind of trying to continue that dialogue. Because like you said, just because he said no a few times um, doesn't mean that we can't continue this dialogue because he's open to it. And then we also, you know, we have conversations outside of that. And, you know, we go over and help him out and bring him a meal and that sort of thing. So um, um, other well, I remember we've had some great questions in group. I'm trying to think of, but speaking of the Trinity, one of the first weeks, I mean, it took us about six months to go through first John, which is five chapters because some weeks we would get one question about the first verse and it was, that was it. That's all we talked about. So one week, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, unbelievers asked, um, so I don't get it. We pray to God. Sometimes we pray to Jesus. Sometimes like, what's the difference? who are Jesus and God? How are they related? And we're like, Oh boy, yeah. we're getting let's, into let's the Trinity. Dive. Let's go for it. Let's and dive. so we spent a whole, you know, hour and a half on, on that. And by the end of it, she's like, I, 
I get it to an extent. I mean, to, to the degree that our minds, our finite minds can understand mm-hmm. the Trinity. I get it. And she's like, I feel like I can now be equipped to go and t- explain to my kids who they wow. do their prayers every night. And they're like, do we pray to God or Jesus? And she's like, I don't know. I got to go and I got to ask Tyler and Kelsey, <laughs> you know, and, and one week she asked, um, why did Jesus even have to come? This is so good. (laughs) So it's constant gospel conversations. And she's like, these are all things that I wanted to ask growing up because I didn't get it, but I couldn't ask it in Catholic church. You you can't just go and ask and they'll, they'll make you feel bad or. Which that's her specific. Right. Her, her specific. Yeah, exactly. And so she just didn't feel like she had the uh, ability to ask the questions. And so she's just been holding them in. So she just comes every week. We're, we've joked with her. You need to keep a journal about your questions. And she was like, oh, no, I, I have too many. But we, we say, if you have one, just ask it. And it happens. And it, it makes for great conversations. We've talked about ghosts. We've talked about life after death. We've talked about you know, seances. I feel like we've talked about so many different things. Random things. Random yeah, I never things. Know what's coming. <laughs> right. And, and some things were like, ah, well, we're going to try to veer back to some more important topics, but we do try to answer big questions and uh, always point back to the gospel because that's ultimately what needs to be understood first and foremost. But I feel like we're there with most people. It's just that final act of surrender that Mm-hmm. saying that I get it. I know the stories. I I know what Jesus did for me. I know that I'm a sinner, but you got to have that final, like, all right, I give up Lord, mm-hmm. you, you take over now. Yeah. I think that's what's missing in, in a couple of their lives. Right. Well, that's, I mean, I think, you know, maybe some, maybe somebody out there listening is like, Hey, I think I could do that. And maybe that's not what somebody else needs to do, but you need to focus on, you know, coworkers or family members. I don't know, but we're all called to be a part of this. I want to kind of shift back to, you know, your work experiences, because I think that's uh, a place that a lot of people struggle with. How can I bring Mm -hmm. this up or how can I, uh, quote, we'll work this in, you know, in, yeah. a, in a work situation. And I know you guys have both experienced that, um, mm-hmm. the opportunities that have come and, and, uh, you know, sometimes you've, you've seized the opportunity other times mm-hmm. you have it. So right. you're not, you're not perfect in this. Oh, and, yeah. you know, and I think you guys are the first ones to admit that. And I think that's important for people to understand too, that mm-hmm. we didn't ask you guys to share this because, um, you have a hundred percent track record, no. <laughs> but it's just, you have grown in faithfulness in this and God has continued to work through you guys. And, um, so let's talk about what this looks like at work. So, I mean, the place that comes to mind when you mention this um, is is the car business. So back to the car business. So, I mean, something that was relatively easy for me to do was not to use the same language that everybody's using, you know, expletives. And so by by virtue of me not blending in, I kind of stood out. And so like even that, like people ask me, why don't you ever curse? And then just being able to take that question and then go off into like my faith and how I've been changed and, and just going that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to like, a, I've worked with some rough bosses and they could be really hard. And, um, you know, why don't you disrespect them? You know, mm-hmm. having people see how you act and then asking questions. Um, and then also there's this idea um, that we read somewhere along the way of like dropping breadcrumbs. So if you're like, um, 
you know, somebody asks you or you ask how somebody's weekend was and then they ask how yours was. And along the way of you explaining your weekend, maybe you talk about how, yeah, I got together with my life group on Saturday night, assuming that's true. And, you know, we played. Whatever. Don't make up fictitious no, no, no. life group <laughs> gatherings, please. And yeah. so, so even in that, um, well, that doesn't necessarily have to be like a, a pointed conversation. It can just be, a, you know, along your description of your weekend. Mm -hmm. People can say, what's what's the life group? Or, yeah, you know, why that? are you hanging out with, you know, these church people? And then just getting into the fact that like, yeah, we're part of the body of Christ. And like, we want to be together. And like, mm -hmm. you know, this is what ties us together and being able to explain the gospel inside of that. Mm -hmm. So just like seeking um, to look for opportunities, praying for opportunities. And as we pray for opportunities, God gives them to us. But also like, I think he just opens our eyes to the opportunities. And also just seeing, um, just yeah, seeing the opportunities with, you know, brokenness. So we talked about three circles here at the church. Um, you know, when people are talking about, you know, how awful it is with, you know, a war overseas or with, you know, a, a mass murder, whatever it is, being able to say, yeah, like this is not how it's supposed to be. And then getting into the fact that we are broken and this is not God's design mm -hmm. and then sharing how the brokenness um, in the brokenness, we can find Christ and he's the only way out. And then mm -hmm. that can lead back to his perfect design. And like, mm -hmm. so just trying to find the right, um, the right ends for those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Kelsey? I don't know if I would add much to that. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the personal re uh, relationships, I think, are huge. And and not leaving them surface level. That's I think that's the hardest is if you've had a relationship for a while, it's like, well, they already know me so well. Now it's just awkward to bring it up. But it's like, who cares? Yeah. I mean, they probably already sort of have an idea that you're a believer. I would hope that you, you look different than the world. So I, I think of that, was it a friends episode or something where it's like, you don't, you, you're a Christian. You didn't tell me you're a Christian and you think I'm going to hell and you're okay with it. And it's like, it's kind of true. Like if you have a friend that knows you're a believer and you've never shared with them, it's almost like, do you not like from their point of view, do you not care about me enough to share with me? If you really think I'm going to hell one day, like, yeah, I don't know. It's that's, just, that's um, a very good. So it's point. kind of an interesting dynamic to think of it that way. Of, mm -hmm. Like they should know that I care about them. And by sharing, I am caring about them. So yeah, we use that excuse a lot. Yeah. They, I know them and now it's just kind of awkward. Mm -hmm. it, I've gotten past that point, but it's like, we use the excuse in both ways. Well, I don't know them yet. So I want to get to know them. Okay. I'm going to get to know them. Once you get to know them too much, it's like, well, now I know them too well. And now it's awkward to share. It's like, yeah, you missed your perfect little window in there. You know, it just, yeah, absolutely. There's no perfect. So what would you guys, as we wrap it up, like, what would you say to somebody who's like, okay, I, I know I'm supposed to do this. I know that I need to do this, but where do I start? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you guys, what would you just say? Hey, just do this. My first thought is start in prayer. Yeah. Pray for opportunities and pick out it. Well, get accountability. Maybe ask somebody to pray for you and with you for that person or for if you're thinking about starting a Bible study, like we prayed about that together. I prayed separately and then we prayed together about starting it and then just do it. And then we just, at one point, we're like, we know we're supposed to do this. We have the people. We just, now it's just it's putting the action mm -hmm. and just saying, we're going to start on Tuesday nights and 
come if you would like. Yeah. So I think prayer, accountability, and then courage in action. Mm -hmm. And I think like practically, if you have other um, believers around you that Mm -hmm. maybe you've seen do some of this life, um, just asking for help. And I mean, there's different tools. Like we've talked about three circles. We've talked about um, the story, just methods of mm-hmm. sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. because um, it's if 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 you don't have any, like if it's like I know the scriptures, but like how do I start a conversation? Like there's practical things. Yeah, there's tools, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's tools, um, and then also like um, inside of that, knowing some specific scriptures to be able to insert mm-hmm. into it, because it's not based on what we feel or what we think or what we were taught as kids. It's, it's based on the fact that the scriptures are true. And so being able to point back to the scriptures as we're sharing. Yeah, that's good. Pray, make a plan, get people along with you and then do something yeah. <laughs> and get equipped, you know, get equipped, yes. seek out ways yes. and tools. Yeah. What anything else you guys want to add to this? I think you've, you've shared a great, great stuff. Um, good. All right, so we're gonna wrap this up uh, with a little game because we didn't we didn't we was two weeks, so we're gonna wrap it up with a little game. So you guys are gonna be serving uh, with an international mission board, and for those of you who are uh, Southern Baptist or you know are familiar with the international mission board, is the mission supporting sending agency of our convention, and uh, they're supporting over three thousand M's around the world and uh, doing great work. So. Uh, a good bit of the fun, actually the majority of the funding for the International Mission Board comes through the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering, which is named for a, a heroine of the Southern Baptist life, uh, <laughs> Lottie Moon, who was uh, one of the first M's uh, to go to another country. She went to the country of... China. China. Yeah, you go. All right. So what we're going to do is uh, have a little quiz on Lottie Moon. All right. So if you're not a Southern Baptist, you're like, what did he, he's saying Lottie Moon. Yes, that is for real the name. But um, we're going to talk about this woman uh, who was a pioneer in missions. uh, And so that's a fantastic thing. uh, And just find a little bit more about her and the ways that, so you guys, we're just going to, I'm going to ask a question. You're both going to guess. We're going to see who gets the closest to the right answer. Okay. So... Uh, what was Lottie's real first name? Ooh. I don't know how I'm going to judge who's closer, but uh, three, it's two, be one. Like a lot of. I don't think of a L name. Lottie. I don't know. I kind of thought that was her real name. I'm going to yeah. go with that's her real name. Ooh, like I'm sure questioning you. All right. I think it's like only because yeah. I can't really. Oh, wait. As soon as I say, you're like, oh, Charlotte. No. Lottie, lot, Charlotte, you I know, there you go, yeah. there you go. So I was close. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm not so going to get it. I said a lot Yeah, we're right like, oh, we should start calling Charlotte <laughs> Smith. Charlotte. It works on our staff. Lottie, she will go, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> She'll say no in that exact voice, no. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, in what year, wasn't called international, but it was called the Foreign Mission Board at the time. In what year was Lottie officially appointed to serve? How old is Lottie? I'm going to go with 1857. 1857. All right. Just kidding. 
1890. Okay, the correct answer is 1873. So, quick math. I think y'all are like 16 and 17 years. I'm, I'm doing this off my head. I was but only I was, 14. No, there no, you go. What did I say? I said 57. You said 57. I was taught never do math in public. Was, there you go. That's right. I was 16 years off your And you were 17. Well, that was pretty good. Way to go, guys. That, that, was, was, that was not bad. One was over, one was under. Okay, so the first offering, the first Lottie Moon offering was collected in 1888 by a handful of women in their uh, women's M union. So um, how much was the first Lottie Moon Christmas offering? That's an interesting question. $43. Four, oh, that's a good guess. Really? That's so low. It is low, but it's it just, just a handful. It was just a handful. And it was in 1888. Like, you <laughs> no. could buy a house for like $1,000. You could buy a lot of things in 1888 for $43. Yeah. Okay. Uh, $500. What? That's a lot. Oh, actually, it, this is incredible. It was $3,315. <gasps> What? what? Isn't that crazy? I'm, I'm which is roughly right. pulled me down. In, uh, which is rough in, in twenty. This is when this article is written in twenty fifteen. That's roughly seventy five thousand dollars. Like in a you know and you know which seventy five thousand dollars in twenty fifteen. Now in twenty twenty three, that's like seven point eight million dollars. <laughs> I feel like uh, that is why. Yeah, but just a, but from a handful, which is really cool. So the next yeah. question is, all right. In the year 2021 to 2022, so ending in 2022, how much was collected with the Lottie Moon offering? Man, they're going to expect you to guys know this stuff, especially, you know, when you, you they know, send you out to churches to talk. You that number in my head with that last one, uh, like 10 million? Uh, it's got to be Yeah, it's got to be more than that. Yeah. 80 million. Close. So All right. Two hundred and three point seven million is the highest ever offering. <laughs> You're like, they're like, I guess forty three. They are not hiring Kelsey for the accounting <laughs> position. <laughs> that's not you. That's not your uh, job nope. on the field. So nope. yeah, two hundred three point wow. uh, seven million, which is that's a that's a lot of money. So wow. Um, which actually people don't always understand this because you know we talk about we give to the cooperative program and a portion of what we give. To property program you know, stays in Florida, a portion goes to IMB, a portion goes to NAM. But really only, uh, I believe it's like uh, 32% of IMB's budget is from their cooperative program. Actually, like 63% of their operating budget is from the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So that's why at Christmas time, we talk about that a lot because we know that it's just it helps the money go to the nations even further when we give mm -hmm. specifically to that uh, offering. So uh, it is... Um, very important that we do that. All right. So, um, most people, uh, don't know this, but Lottie actually basically died, uh, because she gave all of her food away to the people because there's great famine in China. Uh, and so she was incredibly affected physically by her service there. Um, and in 1912, as she was approaching her death, um, she had basically, um, starved herself because she was giving your food away to help those who were starving. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit morbid, but I think it's fascinating. The time of her death, and we've already talked that she was a short woman. Mm -hmm. So at the time of her death, how much did Lottie Moon weigh? Mm -hmm. 75 pounds. Mm -hmm. I think 
on this island guest first. And then you get yeah, and then you base off of what, yeah, yeah. Well, and you're not competitive at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thinking about... <laughs> So your it goes back to your personality. It's like you're like jump in, and he's like, I need to think about this. I'm gonna process, so process. I'll so say true. eighty pounds. All right, fifty pounds. Oh my, not crazy. But she was tiny. She was tiny. She was, tiny. So she was like four, four foot, foot ten. Yes, yeah, she was very yeah. short. So, um, well, you know, and I know that's like a great crazy trivia question. But the point is, and you said this uh, last week or this week. I'm trying to. It's all kind of run together. But in terms of like, you know this isn't our life, like our life, we have eternity. And so she literally believed that to her death. Like mm -hmm. I, I can do this because, um, he's, Jesus is worth it. You know, he's worth it. So, um, there you go. A little Lottie moon, a history. So, um, you know, we'll be preparing to talk about that. And again, the coming months, as we approach Christmas, we traditionally do that at Christmas time. And so we just say, I mean, a blessing of being sent for you guys to the international mission board is that you will be fully funded, yeah. uh, through this giving, uh, and they support you. Uh, you know, there's ministry expenses included in that, but that you're fully funded. So, you know, we have talked about, we have other, uh, M's that we support through our church that have to raise their own support because they're not with IMB. Um, and though that is beautiful and it's a blessing, but that's, not the case for you guys. So you're able to focus a lot more attention on the other preparation that you have to do and not raise funds. Yeah. So that's why we give. I mean, that's, a, that's a reason, one of the many reasons why we give, uh, and support, uh, international missions and, uh, IMB and, yeah. and, and, and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So church, yeah. thank you for your generosity. Absolutely. It's a huge blessing not to have to think about fundraising mm -hmm. all the time. Um, yeah. Kelsey's parents were on the field and they were doing that and it becomes a part of your your efforts you know a large part of your efforts is just trying to be able to maintain finances to stay there at EMB. Um, so mm -hmm. it's a huge blessing and like you said with Lottie Moon 100% of it goes to the field like to support the workers so. yeah Absolutely. Well, we, uh, you know, we're not, the church is, I was going to say, we're not supporting you financially, but we are with our giving and we will be, you know, with our Barnabas ministry teams, but mm -hmm. we will certainly be supporting you guys, mm -hmm. uh, and lifting you up, uh, to the father. And we will certainly be checking in with you because I think this is important for our church to understand that we don't just send people away and say, mm -hmm. you know, we're still your church and yeah. we'll always be your church, you know, <laughs> and, and we look forward to hopefully, you know, once you guys are there and established and settled and be able to come alongside you with teams of support uh, who get to, to be there and serve alongside you. So all these exciting things are unknown to us, but they are known to a God who sees it all. And he's already there. I love it. So, hey, thank you guys so much for sharing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, hey, if you've got questions for us for future episodes of Body Talk, or you've got questions for uh, Tyler and Kelsey, uh, feel free to uh, pass them on to us and we'll pass them on to them. And then we'll, we'll report their answers uh, <laughs> and how they expertly answer everything. So, hey, <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.